Ab, what's up, man? How's it going? It's going well. How are you? Thanks for having me. Doing great, man. Thanks for uh, taking the time to talk to us today. Ab is the visionary, the creator behind the Filaments project. It's a super cool generative art project, and we will get into that. But um, Ab has a punk as his profile pick, so we're definitely going to want to talk about that a little bit. <laughs> but Ab, if you could maybe tell us a little backstory, maybe um, how you first got into NFTs or crypto in the first place. I mean, I, the fact that you have a punk, you know, it says a lot right there. So, Sure, sure. Um, so um, I, I spent a good portion of my career... Uh, in the tech industry uh, in the Bay Area, working at a, at a startup that um, m probably many of you have heard of. Um, and uh, I was a, a founder level employee there um, and, and worked as a, a iOS engineer for a long time. And then um, I got really interested in, in crypto. Um, I first started getting interested in it in 2011. And I, I have conversations that I've looked at uh, in, in uh, chat logs and stuff like that, where I was telling friends like, hey, we should start mining Bitcoin. And uh, like, yeah, sure, let's do it. We'll do it at my, at my parents' house. We'll set it up and everything. And um, uh, we never ended up doing it. But um, around 2013, um, Bitcoin was kind of going through a bit of a bubble and like the press cycle um, took off then. And so that's when I really started um, having both money to be able to invest and, um, you know, the on-ramps were there at that point. Before that, you pretty much had to, uh, like, find someone in real life and, you know, do like a OTC type thing. 2013, you know, Coinbase was, was there. Um, and so it was a little bit easier to get to get some cryptocurrency. And so that's when I started um, dabbling. And then the, there was a, uh, a cycle there uh, in late 2013 that uh, I ended up getting or making around like a 10x return or something like that. And then shortly after it crashed and um, <laughs> I learned a few big lessons from doing yeah. that. Um, <laughs> that's always hurt. <laughs> yeah, lot lost like uh, you know most of it, and then um, I started doing more of like a spray and pray approach in in terms of crypto investing. And on Hacker News, there was a, a post um, talking about Ethereum and uh, doing doing smart contracts on the blockchain or programmable money. For sure. And I was like, oh, this is kind of a cool idea. And I looked through my email history. Uh, it was like a like a late at night one night. I uh, I decided to participate in the crowd sale for for Ethereum. And um, oh man, <laughs> and then held on to it for a long time. And you know, it was pretty much worthless. Um, they I think it took a. If I remember correctly, it took a few months or maybe years to actually release the, um, like the, the blockchain, uh, get it, get it started, do the Genesis block. And then, um, in 2016, if I remember correctly, um, I had some friends start telling me, Hey, like, have you heard of Ethereum? It's like, wait, I think I invested in that. And so I, <laughs> I went back and I looked and, uh, 
sitting on a bag. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sitting on a bag. <laughs> sitting on and a large, large bag. <laughs> at the time, it still was it still wasn't a, much of a bag. I think Ethereum was around like two dollars or something like yep, that. Yep. Yep. So yeah, and, the, and the pre-sale was thirty cents, I think. Um, equivalent. So people say we're early right now. Ab was really early. (laughs) He was early, early. Really? I thought thought you were going to tell me you got an email from Satoshi himself. You know that email he sent? (laughs) Ab might be Satoshi. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) No, if I were Satoshi, I would be on my my own island, I think. And we wouldn't know you. We wouldn't be giving you this this interview, huh? That's that's probably true. Yeah, that's probably true. (laughs) Yeah. So um that's a that's a great intro story. Yeah. For sure. Old classic OG man. That's uh that's huge. What, when did you start getting into NFTs? NFTs. So um so, since I was sitting on on a, a significant Ethereum bag, um being being hyper rational, I was thinking, you know, I don't wanna taint my cost basis of my Ethereum by doing like a um yeah trading uh, NFTs. And so I, I really didn't pay much attention to it um, for or anything really in the space other than the price of ETH for a long time. And then, um, I mean, I, I had created a few tokens and things like that and distributed them to my friends. And um, actually, uh, in funny enough, in, in uh, late 2013, um, when right around when Doge was starting, um, I created a, a cryptocurrency. Uh, I won't say the name because I don't want to, to dox anyone. <laughs> but um, I, I created one for my boss for his birthday, um, and, and like created the Genesis block and stuff like that, and then sent him like the repo for his birthday. Oh That's man! Awesome. In a um, pump. And did it pump? No, no. I mean, I, there were no miners. So. I think it was, I think it was a fork of, uh, it was a fork of Litecoin or a fork of Doge. Uh, oh, got it, got it. So, for someone who knows nothing about creating their own coin, when you create your own coin, like, is that on an exchange? Like, can I go see the price of it, or how, you know, how does that even work? No, at the at the time, it was, um, you you had to like go on GitHub, fork the code base of a. Uh, of a repo, so Dogecoin was a fork of Litecoin, um, and it, they use like the the Scrypt uh, hashing algorithm. So they just uh, forked the repo and then um, created like compiled the miner software and pointed it at the Genesis block, and then um, and then I think maybe I forget exactly like put some nodes in the uh, IP addresses or something in the in the code. To, to like bootstrap the network. And then you just distribute the mining software out to a bunch of people. And then once enough people are running the mining software, it's generating new blocks. And then you have your own cryptocurrency at that point. Now it's completely different. You know, you can just like deploy a smart contract. Um, yeah. But if you were to try to, to create your own um, actual like layer, layer one blockchain, then yeah, that, it's fairly, you have to have miners. Um, or nodes, depending on what what uh, project you fork. So you're so, so how you're, many, yeah. Uh, sorry, go ahead, Yaba. I was going to say how how many miners did you have? Just you? Just me. Yeah. 
so it wasn't very decentralized it was a very no. point, huh? yeah and it, i mean it never really did anything um yeah. but just from something fun to do it was fun yeah, to do cool. and you know it's kind of like um all, all of us were really interested in in cryptocurrency but um i mean we we didn't have I mean, we had conviction that it was going to be a big thing, but we didn't realize how big it would be and how much the price would um, yeah. you know, go parabolic. Insane. Uh, it is so, amazing. You know, I think everyone, no matter how early you were, uh, regrets not putting in more. So, oh yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so you're I, start, every I night. started a little bit later than you, and I still, you know, that's what I say all the time, like doesn't matter about when you start it's just as long as you have conviction to stay in and continue you know building in the space and i feel like if you are doing that then you're gonna do pretty good right yeah definitely so how do we get still i still would have liked to get that that uh that email <laughs> from from ethereum <laughs> i'm yeah, just gonna that say that would have been nice yeah that's for sure yeah it was so it was a post on hacker news and i've gone back and looked at the post and if you look at the comments, um, I don't know, I, I can link it or something to put in the show notes. Um, if you go back and look at the comments, there were lots of people that were, um, you know, against it or thought it was a scam or a rug pull or something like that. Um, so it's, it's kind of interesting. I mean, there wasn't that much conviction from the community, but here we are. So... Yeah, so you're you're making coins. How does that transition to NFTs? So um, yeah, I, I didn't really pay much attention to it. You know, a lot of my group chats that I was in, my friends were talking about it. Um, I was like, eh, I don't really. Yeah, I didn't want to taint my cost basis. And so um, at some point this year, um, I started doing more research on Axie and. Uh, I think in July, um, I signed up for an Axie account and started investigating it. So I'm, I'm a, uh, a big gamer, played a lot of mobile games um, and PC games. Nice. Uh, this July or last July? This July. Oh, wow. Um, so, okay. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I started, started playing Axie uh, a little bit. And then um, dug into the YGG model and realized that, um, you know, the kind of had a light bulb moment that play to earn is is going to eventually take take over the world, yeah. uh, not just gaming, but, you know, um, definitely convinced that the, the entire world will see play to earn's impact at some point oh, yeah. uh, within the next dozen years. Uh, so. Um, that really flipped flipped the switch in my head on NFTs because it was like you know if play play to earn it n needs NFTs pretty much right. um, in some way or another to build a a really interesting uh, ecosystem and so I started looking more more into NFTs and then um, I talked to um, a person in, in my network um, on Twitter uh, he's his Twitter username is Do Yeasty. Uh, he goes by Yeasty Doe, but um, and his his Twitter uh, is flipped. But um, so I started talking to him. He owns a bunch of punks and uh, Fidenzas, and and um, I started thinking about my 
myself and my prior um, lack of conviction in certain things. And I decided with, with NFTs, um, if I had conviction about something, then I would, I would follow it. So I, I didn't want to be that, that person who was just, you know, friends with Mark Zuckerberg or something and, and decided not to take the offer. Um, yeah. I wanted to be, you know, uh, to go hard on whatever I um, had conviction on. And so I, at that point, started a, um, a play-to-earn guild um, called, we, we call it Moontide Gaming right now, but we're in the, in the midst of uh, renaming it to something that we uh, want to stick with long-term. But um, whenever we started that, uh, I started buying some NFTs. And, and on my first day, pretty much, I bought um, a Punk, a Fidenza, a Genesis Kong, and um, you know quite a few other things, a board Ape as well. Um, That's a hell of a first day. <laughs> I, I, just, <laughs> I was following my, my conviction, basically. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a good conviction. Yeah, I bought but... uh, Mystic Axie as well, um, and then nice. a few other things. And then, um, so that, that was really the start of NFTs for me, uh, which, you know, it's, it's fairly late, but um, you could many people decided not to get into Bitcoin in like 2013 because they thought they were too late. Yeah. So. Yeah. Same thing I was talking about earlier. It's just, it's, there's never a, a time to get in. It's cause it's such a parabolic, you know, asset anyways. It's, it's so it's, it's just a time of being in the market is much more important than, than just entry into the, into the market for sure. Definitely. Yeah, what do they say? Time in the market beats timing the market. Yeah, Ooh. I mean yeah. the 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 price to for like any time that you've been in Bitcoin, it's only a thousand and fifty seven days to be a hundred percent up in Bitcoin for every single wallet that's held Bitcoin longer than a thousand and fifty seven days. So right, that's that's just you know that's how it works. It's just getting in there. And then, like, especially with the DeFi and all this other stuff right now, you can definitely are, are able to come in and participate and get rewarded very easily. So, and just how you're starting this uh, guild, you know, is it similar to how um, that guild came out recently? Is that like the, for like axes, you're, you're, you're training axes and stuff like that? Um, yeah, so um, it's, Right now, we're doing a similar thing to to YGG, yeah. um, which is uh, having Axie scholars, and it costs around nine hundred dollars to to start playing Axie, and then when you're playing, you can make dollars a day. Um, and there there are a lot of people that want to play Axie that can't For afford sure. the um, the risk of you know, putting $900 into some NFTs. And so um, we, we take the risk, we buy the axes, and then um, we work with people that we, um, that apply and they play the accounts and they get a, a um, split of the amount that we earn. Um, and so they get 60%. So, um, it all fluctuates based on the price of the, the currencies in the Axie ecosystem, mm -hmm. but it, it ends up being quite a bit of money. 
Um, I have a, a friend who was a, a nurse in the Philippines, and he yeah. said that he made around uh, $200 US dollars per month as, at his job. And, you know, that's considered a, um, yeah, like, uh, like an upper middle class uh, job. And playing Axie makes, makes more than that as a scholar for like uh, any sort of guild that does a, a good cut. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it's, it's been really, really interesting to see. There's an, a massive amount of demand from people who want to be scholars. And, you know, it's almost unlimited at this point because the, the earnings are so high. And people treat it as well like, um, like a real job. So people show sure. up every day, you know, don't miss, they don't miss days and, um, you know, they take it very seriously. So it, um, it's really yeah. exciting to see though, that, uh, people are able to provide for themselves in a way that they weren't able to beforehand in a lot of, in a lot of cases. So, um, you know, our scholars will send us notes of like, you, they, um, have been able to upgrade their house or provide for, for a baby or something like that. And so that's been, you know, in incredible to see. Um, and I, I could go, go on a lot of tangents in terms of Axie if, if, if you're interested, but, um, yeah, I actually, I have, uh, two accounts for Axie and I do the same thing, but not with like, uh, I just have two of my friends playing it because they enjoyed it and couldn't afford to play it. So, gotcha. Um, and I and I love it. It's such a it's such a great experience too because people get into the um, I don't know they just they get really it's such a great game. It's a, it's very well made. The strategy is very good, but it's also if you're an Android player, you can play it on your phone and, and it's it, it's very mobile and stuff like that. So it, it's it has a lot of quality features for and still produces money, which is just insane. Um, right. What yeah. do you think about the last changes um, in terms of like reduction of price and and um, like in tour uh, was it for less AXS and and more? Um, yeah, less AXS and more SLP. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I think it's good that they're they're constantly tweaking that to like. to keep to keep uh, earnings in a in a range and to keep uh, you know the the price of entry in a range because if the price of entry gets too low. Um, then the game will be flooded by bots because, you know, For right sure. now, if you were to run a bot, you're risking, if you get caught, losing your, yeah, your axes. Yeah. So um, I think they've, you know, I've, I've thought a lot about making a similar type of game and all the problems that I run into in, in the game design, um, like theory crafting, Axie has seemed to uh, by design, solve these problems already. And so like the, you know, how do you prevent bots? Well, you just threaten banning people and you make the yeah. cost $900. You know, no one's going to bot at that point. If they do, then, you know, there and it's all PVP based as well. So, um, yeah, exactly. you know, if you, if you bought PVP, you're probably going to lose and have less than 800 MMR. And so you won't get paid anything. So, yeah. um, I think uh, the, the thing I'm most bullish about with play to earn is uh, the fact that now anyone in the world with an Android phone has basically, uh, as long as there's guilds to, that can supply the, the scholarships, they have a way of providing a floor income for themselves. 
of 20 US dollars per day. And there are plenty of places where, um, you know, that's a, a very, sizable. that provides a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just another way NFTs are changing people's lives, you know, no matter where you are, other side of the world, yeah. earning more than your real job. You know, it's it's super right. cool to see. Yeah, and um, if you think like basic income uh, is, uh, you know, games like this could be the basic income of the future. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Go punch and in the work in the another, metaverse. For sure. And the other thing is, it's just like how, you know, El Salvador is coming in. A lot of these third world countries are, you know, who are reliant on the U.S. dollar as their, you know, currency because their hyperinflation happened to their country is now able to get out of the thumb of these larger countries and able to provide, you know, some other aspect of income and GDP in increase in their in their countries. So not right. only on the individual level, but like other third world country level, this is also just such a huge opportunity for these people. And I, and I think that's one of the best aspects of cryptocurrencies. Yeah, definitely. Um, before we move on from your wallet, uh, you <laughs> a couple extra things in, of note. We have a Damien Hurst in there. We have uh, a couple of crypto dick butts. Um, <laughs> oh, I, saw, yeah. I saw a board ape in there. Shout out to the apes. Um, and we got an X copy in there, so very nice vault wallet. Yeah, man. I also have a lot of mice as well that are currently staked. Oh, yes. Ooh, very nice. nice. We like the mice. <laughs> um, also, your um, one of your punks was owned by Pranksy. That's true. Yeah. Um, Which he yeah. sold for under one Ethereum. Yeah, he got a good deal. Got a good deal. He's pretty active in the in the punks Discord. And um, I think he minted 1,200 board apes and yeah. sold all of them for you know a few ETH each. <laughs> so he's he's been in all of the blue chip projects. Oh yeah, in some significant way, which is interesting. For sure. For blue chip, which is filaments, <laughs> which is a super cool project. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out. We'll uh, post all the links and all that. Um, but off the bat, something that was that was really cool that I saw was the whitelist was to only people with ENS names. Um, it was that to combat bots and stuff like that. Yeah, so I, I've spent a lot of time thinking about um, proof of personhood in, in the NFT space. Um, and I was trying to come up with a way that we could do a mint where um, you know, I wanted to do a free mint, but I didn't want it where one person uh, mints 10 or 50 or 100, which I've seen a lot. Uh, I've seen, you know, multiple projects get get destroyed by whales. And then uh, I've tweeted about this a, a bit as well. Um, I think, uh, was it HeadDAO, I think, had had someone mint, uh, maybe it's HeadDAO, it was like one of the nouns derivatives a whale minted 450 or something like that. And, you know, they were going for an ETH each or something like that. Yeah. And it just doesn't make sense for someone to, to me, for someone to be able to make 450 ETH uh, that way. Uh, I don't think it's really fair because that money is kind of coming from uh, the community. For sure. 
Um, I also wanted to do a free mint because I, I have a lot of friends that are on the edge of becoming in, uh, NFT people. Uh, they're really interested in it, but they don't have the money to spend to be able to buy their first NFT. So I was thinking, you know, can I do a project where um, people can go from having no NFTs uh, to having one that, that can like jumpstart their portfolio? And so um, that, that was another um, reason that I wanted to do a free mint. And then um, I hadn't heard of anyone doing an ENS whitelist before. I thought it was kind of a cool idea. I'm very bullish on ENS, and uh, I, yeah, you know, I hold a lot yeah, of them. We all are. Well, I'm gonna tell you something about ENS. <clears throat> yeah, uh -oh. I made it to your Discord, by the way, to get there for the whitelist. And I saw it was ENS only, and I missed out because oh, I don't yeah, have an but... ENS. Yes. So I mean, uh, lesson to me. I actually I didn't even think you could do. Uh, well, most yeah. Usually they say yeah. Drop your address. No ENS. Yeah, exactly. So I came in and I I, I got a real big surprise. <laughs> yeah. So one other really interesting thing that it did was um, whenever I resolved the the um, address behind the ENS name. Um, it wasn't, I didn't do it in a way where it had to, you know, be set as the um, primary address or primary ENS name for the address. Like all you had to do was have it in your wallet. So um, it was a little simpler. And one thing that it did was whenever I resolved the ENS names to addresses, I did like a, um, a search to see if there were any duplicate addresses. and um, there were a few that I that I ended up removing from the whitelist because I wanted it to be one per person and anyone who was signing up with um, one address, multiple ENS names, had to have created multiple Discord accounts like burner discords to join. So they were kind of like trying to cheat the system. Um, and so I was able to catch people who did it that way. Um, and so I thought that that was, that was kind of Kind of fun to be able to um, kind of stick it back to the those people. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> but I think at this point, you know, people if if this becomes a thing, people will be smart enough. You know, they'll create multiple addresses and hold ENS names on multiple addresses. But I've got if I end up doing another project, um, I've got some ideas on how to you know still stay one step ahead of those people. Um, and still make it where um, it's it's hard to um, defeat the system, if that makes sense. I like it. Yeah, anything to combat the bots so we don't have another mechaverse situation on our hands? <laughs> yeah. Robin Hood of crypto. Yeah. Um, I also saw that the um, you can change, you can put your filament on a background um, or a profile picture or a banner. Yeah, so I was thinking um, wh whenever I was making it, I, I really liked the, um, it was like 960 by 800, um, 960 height, 800 width. Uh, I really liked that aspect ratio and it felt like, a, you know, felt like art to me. Um, but I also wanted people to be able to um, set it as a background because I thought it, it it fit well in, in certain cases. Um, 
as a, like a Twitter banner or a Discord banner, or you know, as a background for for a PFP. And so I added several commands uh, to the JavaScript where you could resize it. And um, and so I, I kind of made them Easter eggs. I didn't advertise it. Um, explicitly, or at least I didn't advertise uh, being able to choose a custom size. And so um, I wanted people to feel like there was some some depth to the project rather than just um, pure and simple a uh, an animated um, piece of piece of art. But um, yeah, I've seen I've seen a decent amount of people start using it as their Twitter banner, and that's been really really cool to see. Um, yeah, the uh, the backgrounds and banners. It's you know it's untapped real estate and yeah, I think so. You know, I always thought that we should have a generative background project. You know, not to uh, drop any ideas, but so and, and yeah, you do see people throw their fidenzas behind their punks. You know, for the ultimate double flex. But true. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. I, I love that. Um, yeah, it's very cool. Did your your minting process was there any moments of chaos during that or um I mean you you sound like you got everything pretty well covered any any shaky moments um, No there was there were no moments of chaos you know I'd I'd spent a lot of time um testing on on um the different test nets and making sure that you know there there were no uh, methods that people could call that would do anything um, to, to break the contract. Um, I also had, I was able to find basically a QA team on the discord within a few minutes, just posting in, in general, asking if people had solidity experience and test net experience and stuff like that. And there were a lot of people willing to help, which is, was amazing to see. Um, and they've been super helpful. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I use the anonymized contract as a base for doing the uh, generating the um, the traits, and I I talked to Mouse Dev um, a good amount and and asked some questions uh, and made sure to to uh, attribute the the contract properly and um, you know I think doing traits on chain like that is really interesting and exciting. There, there are ways to game all of that. Um, like you can do flashbots transactions to get the specific one that you want. Um, if, if things are, um, like if the whitelist was a little bit different, people could have done that. Um, so. No, I, I, people always yeah. gotta be sneaky. They, they can't just, yeah. they can't just mint. They have to. They have to try to snipe stuff. Weasel their way into something. <laughs> yeah, there's a good post a few weeks back from one of the big um, NFT and crypto funds. Uh, I'll, I'll find it for the show notes. But they went into all, all of the different ways that you can um, mess up an NFT drop. And um, I'm not sure if, if you know, but uh, even the MeBits drop was... Um, was exploited to be able to get certain rare me bits. Mm. Um, there's because of the way the EVM works, you can um, there's a thing called flashbots where you can submit transactions directly to the miners, 
and if it fails, you don't you don't pay a fee at all. Um, and so what you can do is uh, you can you can mint, see what number you got, and if you didn't get the number that you wanted, then don't you don't pay the miners, and your transaction doesn't actually go through. So you can keep brute forcing it until you get a specific number. If they've already published the metadata, mm -hmm. then um, then you can pretty much game it to get something rare. Cherry pick the ones that you want. And that right. and that's different from having like the miners in your pocket, right? Like paying off a miner, I've heard before. Right. Flashbots is, is available to anyone. And uh, a lot of the um, a lot of the bots you see running, like the one that bought that punk for four ETH, the four hundred yeah. ETH punk for four ETH mm -hmm. uh, yesterday. Mm -hmm. That was a I believe a flashbots transaction uh, and that in, finger and then a flashbot yeah a really fat finger exactly <laughs> you see Ouch. that was uh that was actually well i heard i heard a different story i heard that the guy who bought it paid some miner for e or for e for it or are we talking about the same thing um so what they did is yes or something. Uh, the, it got listed for four eth and then um there's a bot that listens to all the blocks and then it saw that that was um, listed for 4ETH and then it submitted a Flashbots transaction to buy it. And um, it, it works the same way as regular blocks in that whoever bids the most gets included generally. Um, and so Flashbots it just, is just sending your... Um, transaction directly to the miners. And so you can, if you, um, in that case, whoever bid the most ETH on that transaction and had it you know, in the correct block would have gotten it. So if someone bid to the miners 10 ETH, then they would have gotten it for, yeah. for their gas fee. Ah, I see. But it's something that you could do. I mean, you can set your MetaMask to, um, to submit Flashbots transactions. It's not, it sounds really cool, but it's actually pretty easy to do. So, all right, we'll be talking well, after the show. Exactly. <laughs> I want to. I want to pump for three point three nine ETH, <laughs> whatever. There was another thing that I saw a few weeks ago. I tweeted about that um, Olympus DAO was was crashing from around I think thirteen hundred dollars to six hundred, and whenever that happened. There was a whale that was getting liquidated, and so all of their um, ohm was being market sold on um, a pool that didn't have much liquidity in it. And so someone had a bot running that noticed this, and the bot submitted a Flashbots transaction to buy the ohm from one pool and then sell it immediately in the same transaction on another pool, and they with this one transaction made over um and i can i can send that one for the what they the, make sorry you cut out there they they made over i think it was around 1.5 million dollars in one oh transaction nice. with, with no risk Louise. very nice very crazy yeah but if we get out here doing ta <laughs> <laughs> on a shit coin yeah <laughs> yeah on shiba <laughs> not good but uh <laughs> Yeah, if we could talk about Philemus a little more. Um, you you mentioned the traits. 
um, you know, I've, I don't write code. I don't make generative art. Are these are those traits drawn out or are they are they written in code? Like explain it to me like I'm five. You know, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So whenever you click the mint button for a filament, um, it calls a method in the contract, which takes the, the token ID, your address, a few other things, and then it creates a random number. And um, there are some weights to the traits. So it'll choose certain ones and, um, you know, more in a, in more rare with more rarity. And um, you can take that, you can call a method on the contract token ID to hash. And the hash is the, is your traits for your filament. And then the art itself takes that hash and then converts it into the, into the art. And so, um, yeah, if I took you step-by-step step through the code and showed it to you, um, it's, it's fairly understandable. And I didn't write that code myself. It was part of the anonymized contract, but, gotcha. um, and I it think says they, uh, if you left it running for a hundred years, it would still show you something unique. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, it's, I mean, it uses a, a random, random generator, um, you know, that <laughs> I, I, it's kind of similar in, to Minecraft in that you could walk in one direction, uh, you know, infinitely and never walk through the same area twice. Right. Um, did you have a vision for these before you started or was it, um, you know, as far as the, the art process, I didn't know if you if you could envision these in your head before the uh, algorithm spits out, you know, that hash number. Um, so the genesis behind the idea, um, I, I was looking at, at different Fidenzas and seeing seeing how um, that was done. And then I saw, you know, I'm a big fan of pixel art myself. And I've seen a lot of pixel art projects uh, in the PFP space, but there ha haven't been many um, in the generative art space. And so I decided to, to take the pixel art to Fidenza's and see what, what it produced. And then, um, so I, I took the one that Cosimo purchased about a few weeks ago for the one that they bought for $8 million, the God Mode Fidenza. Yeah. And then I... I uh, ran a filter on it to pixelate it. And then I posted that on Twitter and a bunch of people liked it, uh, including Cosimo. And it was really cool to see the, uh, the reaction to that. It was actually my most popular tweet. And it's like, you know, flow fields are the thing that uh, Fidenza was built on. And that's just a, it's a type of algorithm, generative algorithm. And so I, I decided to, to start learning P5.js. I'd done a lot of JS stuff in the past. I'd done a lot of generative stuff in the past. So it wasn't, um, you know, a lot to, a lot to learn, but. Is that a coding language? P5.js is a, is a library. Um, it's okay. also called processing, um, but it's the same thing that Fidenza was created with. And there are quite a few other art blocks projects that were created with that as well. That's what Void Attractors uses as well. And Consensus Heartbeat, the same, same thing. Okay. Pretty cool. 
it provides you with um, kind of like elementary functions, like being able to draw rect or ellipses, circles, um, and you can move things around um, with X and Y coordinates. It's, it's like, um, it's almost like developing a game. You know, it's like almost like a game engine, um, but a little bit simpler and a little bit more targeted towards art. Um, was it a lot of trial and error? Did you, um, was a lot of tinkering before you got it right? Or um, Definitely. I mean, I, so I, I pulled up P5.js and I started experimenting with a bunch of things. And I ended up finding some, uh, some of Tyler Hobbs' blog posts about flow fields and reading through that and um, thinking, you know, this could be really cool if it were done a little bit differently. And, um, and so I started putting things into code and running it and then taking some screenshots, posting them on Twitter, sending them to friends and seeing what people thought. And then uh, once I eventually settled on something um, I thought that I thought was good, I posted it in the, in the Mice Alpha channel, um, just an IPFS to a, a page that every time you refreshed it, it generated a new filament. Nice. And the amount of reaction that I got from posting that was, um, in my mind, fairly extreme. Like people seem to really like it. And so it's like, you know, maybe I can polish this a bit more, add some more palettes and things like that, and then um, parameterize everything more. And then um, try to release it. And, um, you know, given, given some real life stuff coming up in the, in the future, I had kind of like a, a deadline in a way where I, I had to... <laughs> Had to finish it in a certain amount of time, and so I decided to um, cut any any scope that um, anything that seemed like it would take a lot of time to do. And um, you know, this is my my very first NFT project, and uh, I, because it was my first, <laughs> and uh, I wanted you know that also played into the fact that I wanted to do a free mint. Um, I didn't want anyone to feel like I was taking anything from them. Um, and um, I started working on the solidity part of things, testing it. And whenever I minted on testnet, I minted 500 and I was flipping through them and I was like, wow, these are actually really cool. Uh, like some of the traits when they're combined end up making some really amazing looking art. And so, um, you know, I, yeah, I pretty much just decided to do it. I, I've seen a few posts about how for an NFT project, you need like a marketer, community manager, solidity developer, art person, you know, website person. And uh, I was like, you know, I, I, have, I have the skills to be able to do all those things. I should yeah. just do it. Yeah, or you could just make some cool ass art and people will like it. <laughs> right. Um, and, sorry, go ahead. No, I just decided, you know, I wanted, I wanted to do it. And so I, um, the, the whole project itself didn't, didn't take long in terms of, uh, time and days, but, um, you know, there's a lot of years 
of learning that went into being able to um, to do something like this. Um, that, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, can we talk about the um, traits, the strength traits? There's one that's called magic. Can you just uh -huh. maybe touch on what the different strengths do? Um, they're, they're a multiplier on one of the um, angle functions in, in the particle um, class. It's, it's fairly hard to, <laughs> to explain how it actually translates into X and Y coordinates. Um, other than, you know, it's, it's more of a, a strong angle, basically, uh, on, the, on the flow field. Um, I mean, if you pulled down the Fidenza code and you, you know, deobfuscated it and um, found Which that... I probably won't do. <laughs> a little over my head. <laughs> if you found that line of code in uh, in in the Fidenza code and added that, you could make it do a similar thing. Nice. So that's really cool. So Ab, so I mean, what's the toughest part about being a developer? I mean, obviously you have the skills. Um, Elements community is the last time I checked, it was pretty vibrant. But you know, what's the really part that you know, something that, that gives you a, a hard time? Or is there anything? Um, I think the, you know, the biggest thing for me is finding the motivation. Um, <laughs> you know, I think yeah. it's, it's challenging to, um, to, to get the motivation to, to build a, um, a project and, and commit to it. You know, I'm a intp uh, personality, and if you look on the subreddit for intp, it's like um, all the memes are about laziness, <laughs> and and I I definitely can relate with that. Actually, like when I was five years old or something, um, I had a pillow that I had designed in class, and we had to describe ourselves. And at five years old, I don't know why I put this, but one of the things that I used to describe myself was lazy. So someone may have told me that, or I may have just determined that on my own. But oh, yeah, um, we, that's why we're all in crypto. We just want to watch our, yeah, we our want, bags soar, yeah. <laughs> sit exactly. back and watch the charts. Um, you know, you, you it, I was going to say filament strongly aligns with with all of my passions, and so um, I I worked on a um, since, since I was a child, I've been working on a, a massively multiplayer game. Uh, you know, it's gone through four or five different from scratch code bases at this point. But the most recent iteration is, uh, is fully generative, um, creating uh, islands, um, different biomes and things like that from scratch, similar to a top-down Minecraft. Very cool. And so I, I had a lot of the mental models for... Um, how to do generative things already kind of like, um, you know, rolling around in there. And so if, if I had no experience with it, it definitely would have been really challenging. And at the time, whenever I was learning it, it was challenging, but, um, you kind of have some aha moments when you're doing generative art 
and you start seeing the entire world in a completely different light. You wonder if, you know, whoever um, built the universe or whatever um, just created a generative algorithm. And uh, you kind of see things in, in a completely different way, which is, um, is interesting. But um, yeah, and then the solidity stuff is, is challenging because any bugs are, uh, you know, extremely costly, not just to yourself, but to your long-term reputation, uh, to your community. Uh, and so that's something that I spent a, an extreme amount of time testing and, and bulletproofing. So, um, you know, it's, it's immutable now for the most part. Like there's a lot of things in the contract that have no, there's no way to change them. Um, you could, you know, if there were a bug, you could release a new contract or something like that and have people migrate over. But that's never a good experience, especially with gas being what it is. Insane. So, um, gas. <laughs> I've always considered myself a, a generalist in terms of software development, though. Um, the only thing that I don't really have a great, uh, you know, ability to learn is uh art <laughs> funny enough um like hand-drawn art yeah mm-hmm. that's what uh we had a recent um like generative art um artist come on and I, that was one of our questions is what do were you ever good at at drawing or something like that or is it all purely like based on like mathematic algorithms to draw your artistic skills or do you feel that the code writing code is is its own form and art? Um, I I definitely think the the generative art stuff um, can be done in a way that puts it on, on the same level as as um, any art. For sure. I also think that um, the kind the kind of like uh, God out of the machine type of thing is really interesting. Uh, in that some of the fidenzas that were produced are are incredible masterpieces. Um, and would they have been done like that if done by hand? Most likely not. It's really cool to see that, you know, that was um, not even created by hand by, by Tyler Hobbs. It was um, the algorithm, you know, came together with <laughs> random numbers and created this amazing piece of art. Um, and you can kind of see that in in beautiful things in the real world, like um, you know mountains and and um, trees, trees. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I mean, it's yeah. true though. It's it's uh, it's crazy. It's I mean, fidenzas are beautiful, filaments are beautiful. So and it's all math. It's all coding and shit. So are we in a computer simulation? Strong um, suggestion. <laughs> Do you, if you really want to go down that route, I can. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, explain I'm, it to I'm us. just joking. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> maybe a teaser for our next interview. Yeah, you can yeah. give the short answer. Um, I was listening to, to uh, Rogan, Joe Rogan, and someone was on there a few years ago talking about Boltzmann brains. And uh, they were saying, like, statistically speaking, you're, um, you're more likely to be a Boltzmann brain than you are not. And, yep. and what a Boltzmann brain is, it's like um, if the universe timeline is infinite, 
there's there will be a point at which particles r- arrange themselves randomly where it has the exact same experiences as your life um, and it you know can think consciously and so you know if it is infinite then you're more likely statistically speaking to be a boltzmann brain than a, a person at all and so you know you up at elon musk for- smoking a blunt picture. yeah exactly <laughs> No, I don't I don't forever, that so that's cool. <laughs> I think anytime you multiply anything by by infinity, you know, yeah. you, you get everything. So, right. yep. or yeah, like how they, you know, it, the simulation. If there was um, copies of copies of copies, it's very unlikely that you're the original copy. You know, so true. Very, very well could be living in a simulation. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that'll be our, our next our next interview. We'll talk all about that type of stuff. But okay. um, uh, <laughs> getting back to filaments, what uh, what does the future hold for filaments? Anything, anything in the pipeline? Um, so I I wanted filaments to be uh, the value to be purely due to the um, to what you see, you know, the art, and rather than tying it to some sort of um, external utility. I've seen a lot of projects uh, pump and dump whenever they announce certain things like, um, you know, mice uh, pumped to around 12 ETH per, per, per mouse. And then the day that breeding came out, um, it pretty much dumped, you know, it coincided with the, the most recent NFT bear market, but uh, it was kind of sad to see that uh, the value was, you know, um, at least short term, it was an artificial pump. And so that hurt a lot of people, I think, in that, you know, people who bought, I saw a lot of uh, mice listed for two, three ETH that were purchased for 12, you know, and um, that's a huge pill for people to to swallow. And so I didn't want to do that. I wanted it to be more of a stable price and, you know, um, rather than pump it up and then whenever i release my next project it just you know dumps or something if it's not good um so that said um yeah i don't want to promise anything in terms of uh you know whitelisting future projects or anything like that but it would be a logical thing to assume um so uh that said i I don't have any projects in the works right now other than little experiments here and there. Like I, I'll, I'll post them in the, in the filaments general channel whenever I do them. Like I did um, an aliens thing the other day where it took your, all of your filaments traits and created a different piece of generative art. There was a completely free, no gas drop. It was just like plug in your filament ID to this address and you get to see it. I love that. So no, so no, no filament coin coming, no filament DAO. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people doing it, and um, I, if I did it, I would want to do it in a way that you know doesn't reward pump and dumpers and punish the community, which a lot of these seem to do. But, yeah, I was a joke, but I do want to get your opinion on the whole you know coin mania, and yeah, you know every every project needs a coin now, or at least they yeah. think they do. Um, I think it's interesting. 
you know, I hold a lot of mice. I have have a Genesis Kong. I think it is it is interesting, and if you can do it well, I think Kongs have done it extremely well. Um, the value is is it sim it's Ponzi like, but you know that's I don't think there's negative connotations to that word personally. Um, in that you know Genesis Kongs value is derived from baby Kongs or bananas, which are derived from baby Kongs, which are derived from the white list or uh, being able to access the Wall Street Kongs channel and get white lists for projects from that or hear about projects. Um, If that disappeared, if that utility went somewhere else, there was somewhere else to chat, you know, that would affect the entire tree. Um, I I think it, in that case, it works and it was basically the first. Um, But if projects are adding it in just to add it in, I think it creates an artificial pump and then, you know, some people will take advantage of it, but in the end, is it creating more value for the community? Probably not. No, and like you said, it's a it's a false value. It's a pumped up floor. You know, it, it's yeah, not sustainable. It's... Right. And yeah, a bunch of people are just going to get wrecked, most likely. But yep. um, yeah, Ab, man, we really uh, appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. That was that was really sure. fun. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, is man, there any? Wow. Anything we missed, anything you want to leave us with? Anything I, I know you said you don't have any more projects on the pipeline. Maybe you just want to plug your Twitter. Um yeah. I mean if you want to follow me, if you if you thought it was interesting, follow me. If you didn't, then don't. <laughs> I don't. Twitter's ab A B wag me. So give them a follow. I tried to uh on Twitter I've tried to build more of an organic um follower base rather than you know buying followers or doing tons of giveaways or anything like that. Like the most recent giveaway I did for furballs, uh, I, I intentionally didn't put follow me in there because I'd rather my followers, you know, be people who are actually interested in hearing my voice. Right. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, if you, if you find it interesting, definitely toss me a follower, send me a DM or, or uh, <laughs> you know, be happy to, happy to chat as well. Um, I'm going to slide in there. Yeah, we're all we're all sliding in those DMs. I definitely follow AB Wag Me. I want to make it. <laughs> the best way to do that is by following people that invested in Ethereum. It was just on paper. <laughs> I'm gonna make a parody account. Ab, uh, not gonna make it. <laughs> do the flip punk. Right. Yeah. Put a funk as my profile picture. <laughs> But uh, Ab, we really appreciate it. Everyone at uh, NRN is really thankful that you took the time today. And if you guys have nothing else, we'll catch you guys on the next episode. See ya.